Hello and welcome back to the Picture Books to Gang podcast. My name is Corey. My pronouns are she and they. And my two illustrious co-hosts are named... I'm Allie. And my pronouns are she or they, whichever. I'm Kelly and my prenoun... And my pronouns are she or her. Your pronouns? Are you getting a prenup for your pronouns? Uh, Yes. Okay. Well, congratulations. No, I'm absolutely I hope it not. Works for you. Uh, <laughs> in truth, I don't actually care that much, but it's all good. Any yeah. pronouns are fine. As long as right? you're not being a jerk to me. Any, any are fine. I also feel like I don't really care, but I'm definitely not a man. Mm. I is, have those strong feelings. Those are strong and very valid feelings. Mm-hmm. Real valid. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, welcome a- to Picture Book Sticking Podcast and Gender Crises uh, with your... <laughs> All goes ex- together. Yeah, it's not even a crisis, actually. Yeah. I'm very secure. Uh, <laughs> but today, tangentially related to the pronouns, our episode is going to be about incidental LGBTQIA plus 2S, that should have come before the plus, uh, representation in picture books and a few board books we love all the letters of the rainbow mm-hmm. all of them i am a all proud of member of the alphabet mafia <laughs> alphabet mafia for life baby <laughs> we're all here so we want to talk about incidental representation but in order to do that i think we need to tell everyone what incidental representation is and i think ale is the voice Oh man, I feel like I just got tapped on by the teacher. Um, That's me. <laughs> I wasn't ready to sit up, taking the blanket off. Whoa. Mm. I, the blanket Getting is serious. off. Incidental representation is a book that includes people of various intersectional identities. However, the point and the major plot of the book is not about that identity. It's about other stuff and the people included just happen to be lgbtq black disabled disabled any number of different like racialized or marginalized identities Thank you. yes so um and you know marginalized identities can can be religion ethnicity race sexuality gender um disability so on and so forth the mm-hmm. list goes on there's there's no one way to be a human but there's definitely a lacking of representation especially in picture books that doesn't fall into tokenism and tokenism i'm going to you know for a very strong picture book example, I'm going to say that's when we've got children holding their hands around the world and you've got a child from every country wearing a different outfit and you've got one person with a rainbow and one person in a wheelchair. They've included, you know, those things to try to check a box, but there isn't any thoughtfulness to how that person is represented. I think also one of the things about incidental representation that is special and and why we get kind of excited about talking about it is that it doesn't focus on exploring an identity through trauma. A lot of the time when we do have a marginalized identity explored in a book or picture book, um, it's about 
a traumatic experience. It's about bullying or enslavement or just something really traumatic. And those are all like necessary things to talk about and necessary things to learn about. But for young readers who are learning about the world around them, they're learning about themselves, they're learning about other people, they need to be able to see stories where they and other people are reflected that aren't about trauma, that aren't just about trauma. Yeah, so we think about, um, you know, between the three of us, we're thinking about books that have wonderful, joyful storylines that have um, excellent storytelling, but they're not telling a story about um, an identity. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there was a couple of excellent books that came out um, last year, specifically, both of them are from Chronicle. One, actually, one came out in 2021, which is Mr. Watson's Chickens, and then uh, Bathe the Cat just came out beginning now of 2022 and both of them are absurd stories a riot to read aloud but neither of them are stories about Mr. Watson and Mr. Nelson the couple that have 456 chickens um, or Bathe the Cat which is about a two dad family but the story is about a mischievous cat and a bunch of mix-ups. So you've got this really good representation of these families that are living their lives and running into hilarious situations, but we're not sitting there and exploring why Mr. Watson loves Mr. Nelson, or why they're together, or why, or it's okay to be that way. Like, we're not getting into any of that stuff. It is totally normalized. Yes. It doesn't even need to explain that they're together because just because they are, of course they are. And here's their naughty cat. Also, that book is phenomenal. I I don't know how anyone is going to follow that act. It's like (laughs) two months into 2022. It's like, we're done guys. Mm -hmm. Pack it up. Did it. Pack it up. It's (laughs) here. Close down the publishing industry for the rest of the year. We got the best read aloud. (laughs) Done. (laughs) I know Bathe the Cat is so good and Mr. like honestly they're both from Chronicle I couldn't pick a favorite one between them if I had to because they're both delightful they're they're both delightful they are both two of the current favorites in our house um you know the the song that the chicken sings in in Mr. Watson's chickens we like wander around the house saying saying the tune (laughs) um but i will say that bathe the cat is by far the funniest book we have read in a long time and the first time it was read aloud my partner was reading it to um our five-year-old and i've never heard laughing coming out of the other room like that in my life i had to like run into the room and i started filming because it was just like the most giggles i've ever heard in my life so yeah, I I agree. It was the funniest book I've received in I don't know how long. It it's so good. My kids and I were laughing so hard. It's just it's and like <laughs> I genuinely don't know if that book was intended to be written with a two dad family. I'm not sure because you could you could change the illustrations to 
a mother Anyone. and a father and it would still work. So, and I mean, and I think that really like embodies what we're talking about with incidental representation. Like the, the representation comes in, in the illustrations and the visualizations and in good characterization, but it doesn't really come through necessarily in the text of the story except for maybe saying their names or pronouns, but that that's where it ends. This is not a story about the fact that this family has two dads in Bay and, the Cat. Yeah. And I think one of the wonderful things about uh, books that do incidental representation in these like joyful stories is that they don't feel othering. Yeah. They're, they're very like inviting and, I just imagine that as a child reading that from a two dad family, it would be very welcoming and like affirming. Yeah. Wildly affirming as a human who had two dads. So um, it's like, oh, wow, you can just be a happy family that everybody isn't trying to challenge. It feels like the reader's just dropping into an already established story, you know, because there's no exposition. It's just from the first page this is the story it's just a family that's got to clean up before grandma comes because you have to clean up before grandma comes Alan knows that all too well <laughs> so tired <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's um but it's 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 the most mundane scenario but then they've got a a really silly cat who changes around the chore list over and over and over again leading to increasingly ridiculous scenarios and it's just it's, it's a brilliant book. And, you know, for so many queer families, it's what we've been waiting for since the dawn of time. <laughs> Another one that I think falls in this category as well is the story Harriet Gets Carried Away, which I know is an ultra favorite in Kelly's household. Uh, but this is the same sort of thing where it's just just so happens that Harriet who gets carried away has two dads and aren't they in the deli or something when all of this happens they are in a grocery store and Harriet's dads go to get like some food for her birthday party and she just wanders off wearing her penguin costume in a grocery store in New York City and then suddenly she's in the ice freezer and there's penguins there for reasons untold obviously she just follows them because she's a penguin like them and then she realizes she's in the arctic and it's like well what do i do now and and it's again it just it's a really funny story it builds she winds up back at the grocery store and her dads don't even know that she was gone her dads are in a central part of the story actually they they're just there and they're just a fact harriet has two dads you don't have to think about it very much but you know that they're there. And I think in the case of um, that book in particular, I mean, the entire body of work of that author illustrator, there's queer coding in all of their books. So, but this is probably the only one with human characters that it's not coded. They're just really? Yeah. I never picked up on that. (laughs) Because you're straight. Not quite narwhal. Is... <laughs> this isn't the first time I've been told this. Shots fired. <laughs> I'm a little obtuse, okay? I just don't pick up on these things. You're perfect. <sighs> Not quite narwhal is kind of incidental representation, but it's actually so incidental that I didn't pick up on it in that book for a long time. 
Another one too, I know we were talking about this briefly, but I just thought of it now is um, the book that came out from Simon and Schuster called An Ordinary Day. And it's a very beautiful picture book. It's about two houses that are next door to each other. And then in one house, somebody is having a home birth. And then in the other house, a dog is passing away. And so one of the families is, has two moms. Yeah, that I've read that book. It's a lovely book. And it's kind of about the circle of life and grief Mm -hmm. and joy and new beginnings. Like it's, it's a very multifaceted, it's a very beautiful book. We've told it in a very like sort of sharp way. It's a very gentle book. That's a beautiful book. Yeah. Uh, But you're right. That is completely incidental to the story. Um, There's no discussion. There's just two moms and that's it. That's all. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason that can't be happening more often and I still think it's starting to happen in some board books from Happy Yak uh, my word my world in 100 words Halloween so this is this is a basic vocabulary board book but the family in it happens to have two moms who hold hands the rest of just words but (laughs) they're there and it like matters that they are there they have another one in that series. I think it's called My House, My Home. My and home. Uh, the, the protagonist is a wheelchair using child, actually. Mm-hmm. It's also uh, well done, incidental, but disability rep in this case. It's a good series. Yeah, it's a good series. There's not a lot to say about like vocabulary books like that. So when you see something that kind of stands out like this, it's like, oh, <laughs> kids can see their families in this or themselves instead of it being you know pictures of trucks only oh I thought of one more picture book too before we move to talking about the other board books uh the one from yahoo press called when I'm not looking that that also has two moms yeah which I feel like do we have more incidental two mom representation we have two dads 100 percent yes I think <laughs> without a doubt because there's been more of a tradition to, to showing two mom families since like back to the 80s because it was more acceptable socially for yeah, a woman for sure for two women to have a baby or two like female identified humans so it, like just in general <laughs> um it has always been more acceptable for two women to parent together than it has ever been for two men. So the, the struggle for that has been a lot longer. So the fact that we're starting to see more books with two dad families is a really new phenomenon. And if we think back to like the first mainstream picture book with a queer family, it was Heather has two mommies. Kelly mm-hmm. actually did a really great or started a really great history of LGBTQ representation in picture books last June. Was that last June? So yeah, I started that series back, uh, back in June, but you know, I sort of moved across the country. I had to cut it off, but you know, I did a lot of research into LGBTQ kid lit and its history. And it's a pretty short history. We're talking like 1979 is the first time there was even really a self-published book that was actually provably sold in a bookstore um and uh and that was also a two mom family it was called when Megan went away and um 
and and then the first really mainstream book ever was Heather Has Two Mommies, as I said. So, you know, we're really there were a few books here and there. One of them was Daddy's Roommate, which is just full of 90s dad bod goodness it's a really strange <laughs> book um, but neither of those were incidental representation they were all about challenge um and you know the problem with that challenge narrative is it's it's simultaneously upholding the things that it's trying to smash through you made a really good point earlier, Kelly, when we were chatting before we started recording, when we were talking about what books we were going to talk about and sort of the difference between incidental representation and joyful representation. It's sort of one of those things where joyful representation is an umbrella and like incidental representation is under that umbrella, mm -hmm. I guess. Because there's a way to have incidental representation and just have it be a passing thought or there's, it's incidental, yes, but also it like celebrates. So, you know, we could talk about a few different books like Love Violet um, from Archie to Zach, Princess and Maiden, pr the Prince and Knight series. Um, some of those, those are about queer love. So they're extremely, I, I think all, all four of those or that whole, that whole group of books are incredibly joyful books. They're incredibly affirming. They're, they're beautiful stories, all of them, but they're, they are stories that are about queer love. So there's nothing incidental about it. We were kind of agonizing as we were preparing for this episode about stories that are expressly about queer families that aren't like designed to be like fun read-alouds that are or about like a really specific topic so a couple of them would be like granddad's camper that's a story about their family right it's about um granddad's partner who has passed and talking to his granddaughter about um his husband who's passed away so you know to me that's still it's joyful, unchallenged um, representation, but it's not really incidental. That's an integral part of the story. Mm, that's a good point. Is it integral to the story to define whether or not it's incidental? Actually, it's Lucy Catchpole is somebody that I've talked about this at length with, and I bet if we could ever get her on the podcast again, she would, she would really get into it and she's brilliant, but, um, so brilliant, brilliant. the yeah. most brilliant, uh, a plan for pops too, is what I would put with, uh, granddad's camper too. definitely joyful representation. Definitely very intentional. It's extremely intentional in that story and, and it's very skillfully done. And of course that one is a forever intense favorite of mine just like um granddad's camper but you know i don't think that story works the same way without it being these two specific granddads that have different personalities and there's there's something very specific about that story to me but i don't think you can separate that story from the characters in the book right so bathe the cat you could kind of plop in almost any family it might it probably wouldn't be as good to be honest, but you could. Yeah. Bathe the cat just really does it. 
the story is hilarious in illustrations and it's hilarious in text. And so like either or would be hilarious when they're together, then it's just magic doing jazz fingers that nobody can see except for Allie and Kelly. Invisible glitter everywhere. Easy, <laughs> easy to clean glitter. Yes. Biodegradable only place. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so Orca know. had a couple board books come out too at the end of 2021 that hit incidental representation. So there is a series um, from, like you said, Orca and they're by Lawrence Schimmel. uh, And one is called Bedtime, Not Playtime. And the other one is called Early One Morning. And they're very short board books, but one of them is a family playing before bedtime with their mischievous dog. And the other one is about a kid that gets up before his family and also has a mischievous cat. I'm all about mischievous animals. There's a running theme in your life. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sure is. (laughs) Pickle is very mischievous. So I think what's similar to Bathe the Cat with these two board books is I think you could kind of, like in my opinion, you could kind of drop any family into the pages of this book and it still makes sense. The most important thing is the kid and their pet um, and getting into mischief when their parents aren't exactly looking which is a time-honored tradition of toddlers. <laughs> and, I think, and I think in a lot of ways, that's what I really mean by incidental representation. And that's why we've talked about Bay the Cat about 16 times now. We just really like that so book. Good. Yeah, we really like that book. And I'm, I'm just like kind of sitting here mulling on it, just wondering, would it really be the same story if, if there weren't two dads in it? Like, really? Like technically it would, it would make sense if you took it out and put in a mother and a father, you know, what, would it be the same? I don't know. I feel like it would be fundamentally feel different as a story. Here's, I like this question. Here's my two cents. It would be the same story to some people it wouldn't be the same story to other people. Like it wouldn't be the same story to me. I wouldn't give it the time of day. It's a fabulous story and it's hilarious, but it's, it's not one that like, there are lots of hilarious books. I want delicious, joyful, delightful queer representation with my humorous picture books. And, you know, part of that is, you know, when you belong to a group of people that has been historically marginalized, you've waited your whole life to see that right so when you finally see it it's like not only is this a great story but also it affirms me as a human being so it Mm -hmm. it definitely is bringing a really important layer that amplifies my enthusiasm and love for the book like through the roof it was at the ceiling before but it just takes it right up in a rocket ship to the sky and um so would it be the same book of course not it wouldn't be but it would still be really funny. It would it would still be a story about a mischievous cat and a family getting ready for grandma, but it would be a fundamentally different and less good story and less interesting and less important. You know, it's it's doing a groundbreaking thing. And so even though we talk about the word incidental, like it's almost we could get rid of it and it wouldn't be there. I think that the power of it 
It's many. intensely powerful. <laughs> no, intensely, I mean, yeah. It's it, the, the, it's untold power, right? Untold because, power. <laughs> yeah. It's it it reaches a part. It's a window in a mirror that's so important and it reaches a part of your heart that's just totally different. But, you know, for families that this represents, kids that are in a two dad family, they're reading this book and they're like, oh, we can just be a funny family too. Like, I feel like we are every single day Mm -hmm. and it's an affirmation of who they are. But the other effect that we haven't talked about enough is that a book like this, that people are so enthusiastic about because it's so funny and they're going to buy it because it's so funny, even though they might not be interested in buying from Archie to Zach or Love Violet that are so intensely about childhood, um, same gender crushes. They're going to buy this book and they're going to have this really normal, funny, joyful representation of a queer family in their home where they may never have that. Yeah. It's a good book. Buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like how can we follow that up? I don't know. know. Right. (laughs) And the same with Mr. Watson's chickens, which, Mm -hmm. you know, has this like wonderful retro vibe. And the fact that you have a story where you've got Mr. Watson and Mr. Nelson, whose first names never come up, which is such a like sort of 1960s way of writing Mm-hmm. a children's book um but normally it would be mr and mrs watson but this is mr watson and mr nelson and they live in their great big house and to make themselves happy they just fill it up with chickens and who doesn't want that you know what was really <laughs> unusual about that book is that there weren't any children in it i know i think about it all the time lot, a lot of picture books these days where them where it's like a grown man or two grown men. Anyway, any number of men as the protagonist <laughs> without a child. We're not limiting the number of men. <laughs> without children there as part of that story. I mean, I guess the chickens are the children in this equation, but I have I have definitely been thinking about this and I think that that is actually from a storytelling perspective that's end, ends up being what happens is that the animals are yeah. the children. You, you right? have to have somebody that needs to be cared for. Is that what it is? Maybe. We have talked about this so much, and I don't know if it's ever been recorded or I don't know if it has ever not been recorded. Because we've definitely <laughs> talked about it at okay. least once or twice before. We have? It's yeah. fascinating, three though. Of us. Oh, I think we've, I I, if we were to look back on the podcast and now we've recorded a lot of episodes, so we start losing track. Um, but I think um, in at least one of the episodes where we're talking about like representations of animals and you have a, an anthropomorphized animal in a story, which the chickens kind of are in Mr. Watson's chickens. They're the child in the story that the child can co- sort of see themselves in. They are the teddy bear in whatever story. Uh, or the mouse in the Gruffalo, or whatever, right? But when you have a book that only has two adult humans, it's not that often that you see no um, human children yeah. in that story. So the animals become the substitute for the children, and the adults are the parents. This is wow. an interesting, interesting phenomenon. Mm-hmm. We've mm-hmm. certainly digressed. This sounds like another episode in the making. Do you remember? Oh. <laughs> should we wrap it up and go eat some snacks? I think Ready we should wrap it up, eat some snacks. Great. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Find us wherever you want to listen to podcasts or, you know, call me up. <laughs>
I'll just talk to you. Personally. Yeah. She probably absolutely will not do that. (laughs) Don't call, (laughs) but do listen, do subscribe, tell your friends. And that's it for another episode of the Picture Books Game Podcast. Yeah. Goodbye. See you later. Bye. 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 Bye.